are you now, are now listening, listening to, to The War Report Wednesday, Wednesday Night, night war, war, war Room, room. With your host, host C-Dope. It's your boy Caesar Walker. Well, I got my boys with me. Mike, Mike G, G. Get your weight up. Strength and conditioning. Development. Ike Jones. Jones. Stop thinking with your emotions and watch the tape. And be real. Which is not normal for me. It's taking something out of me. Are you ready? Because we are now we are locked now and loaded for, for the Wednesday night war room. Let's go! War Eagle, War Report family. Happy hump day to you all. Guys, come on in. Wipe your feet off. Smash that like button. Please be sure to drop a War Eagle in the comment section. If you're not Auburn family, please drop your city in your state, wherever you're watching this from. We love to hear from you guys. And as always, we want you guys to share our video. Please share this with everyone you know who would enjoy this content. If you're on Twitter, add us at The War Report, hashtag TWR War Room, and hashtag Get Your Weight Up. We appreciate that greatly. Mr. Lee, you've had a busy day today, sir. How have you been? Busy. <laughs> now, now, a question I've been wanting to ask you is, in, in the month of May, there's always movement. In, in a normal year where there's not a pandemic, you usually have camps. You usually have in, in previous years, we've had a uh, big cat weekend. Um, co- uh, the coaching staff have had a lot of recruits on for official visits. So May is, is it's not unusual that May is, is kind of a busy month. But has this been kind of unusually busy, seeing as though we're, we're dealing with the transfer portal? Or is it just another day at the office for you? No, without the transfer portal, we're not really doing anything right now. So it's kind of been a blessing. Uh, to keep you know the momentum going, uh, something to do, especially uh, like you yeah. said, May is usually a very busy month for official visits, unofficial visits for the uh, the underclassmen coming in, getting a, a, an early start on their recruitment. Uh, but yeah, so it's been fun uh, not having to worry about the the visits and all this movement that we've seen in the transfer transfer portal. We've been able to concentrate on, on the portal, and I tell you, man, what Auburn has done so far has been you know very impressive. I, I I've been very impressed with what they've been able to bring in, who they're targeting, um, the guys that they've been able to replace. And uh, it's really impressive today was, uh, you know, another cherry on top, getting Donovan Kaufman from Vanderbilt. Well, let's talk about that since since you've, you've already mentioned them. Uh, unless you've been under an orange and blue rock, uh, Donovan Kaufman has committed to Auburn. Uh, he was the Vanderbilt transfer who entered the portal a while back. and. He of course, he's five foot nine, 195 pounds, safety nickel, former three star. Last year, he played a few games before getting injured uh, for the rest of the year, but he had 15 total tackles, 137 total kick return yards. Very dynamic in kick return. Uh, he committed to Auburn over Texas and Florida State. Uh, he is expected to have four years of eligibility remaining. Now, he had a quote uh, in, in the article that Jeffrey Lee did is my relationship with Coach Mason has always been great, and it still is. We have a great relationship. He knows my family well. I know him and his family well. I love playing for him. He's just a great guy. I love him and know that he's going to prepare me for the next level. So it's pretty much, I mean, I don't think it was any surprise that he was 
He was going to go to Auburn. Um, to my knowledge, I found I learned that Texas had some assistants who were formerly coaching with Vanderbilt, um, which is why he had garnered interest to go out there. Uh, but in your in your words, my question to you, Jeffrey, is on June third, the SEC will decide whether or not SEC to SEC transfers will become immediately eligible for the fall. Of course, we know the NCAA ruled that transfers can have a one-time transfer and become immediately eligible, but the SEC has not made that determination yet. What's the likelihood, in your opinion, that they make that decision to allow uh, guys like Kaufman to become eligible immediately? I think it's very likely. I I think everybody uh, that I talk to who knows more than I do uh, is expecting it to pass. Now, will it pass without some stipulations, maybe some... uh, uh, you know, some penalties towards the school accepting the kid coming from another SEC, probably. Uh, but I don't think it will affect the kid. I, I think, I think especially during this time, there's a lot of leverage for these student athletes right now, and, and deservedly so. Uh, this is a long time coming. I, I love it. Um, the one-time transfer rule, um, especially in the SEC, I think it will pass. And I think a lot of these kids are – are, are talking to these guys who know more than, than most of us, and, and they're banking on it, uh, on, on it passing. Uh, T.J. Finley is another guy, you know, the, the quarterback from LSU who's looking uh, very hard at Auburn. He's actually one of the few who's going to wait and uh, and see what the SEC does. Uh, but you know, Desi Seals, the guy from uh, basketball guy from Arkansas, uh, has already transferred to Auburn. He's banking on it passing, uh, as is Donovan Kaufman. So I, I think. I think everybody's pretty optimistic about it. I think it would be a huge surprise to a lot of people, probably you guys too, if this thing didn't pass. Right. Jeff, um, kind of in the article that you wrote, uh, I thought it really stood out how much he, Kaufman emphasized his relationship with Harson. Now that we're opening up, this portal is opening up things, you know, how much more important do you think the building the relationship with the recruit is going to be and and not only getting guys to come to your school, but snatching guys out of the portal. Now it seems like it's a lot of relationship stuff that that, that's happening between, you know, Mason and the guys he's bringing in. Absolutely. You look at the guys who left Auburn uh, going to UCF with Travis Williams, with Gus Malzahn, seeing guys going to Tennessee with Rodney Garner, Cody Burns are up there. Uh, Donovan Kaufman coming from, uh, from Bandy with, with their Mason. I think that's Obviously, very important for these kids. And, and relationships, you know, you, you go old school, man, back to Tuberville days. He, he knew better than anybody that relationships is recruiting. And these kids, m- nine times out of ten, go where they're most comfortable uh, with, with, with relationships and the coaches. Uh, so I think it's huge. And, and it's really worked out perfectly for Auburn uh, because they've got this new staff in, half of whom are from Boise. You know, so these Southeast kids, these Georgia kids, these Florida kids, these Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, they don't know these guys. They don't. They, they know what they, they've been told coming to Auburn. So Auburn, when it comes to the 2022 class, these upcoming seniors, Auburn's behind, way behind with these kids. Mm. And they're going to take their licks in this class because of that, because they're so far behind. So what do they do? They use what they have, the, the, the relationships that they have now. And they're going and using those in, in this transport portal, and they're looking ahead. They're saying, "Hey, we're, we're we're struggling right now with inside, you know, for instance, inside linebackers. You know, we we don't see our top eight guys showing us a lot of love right now. So let's go get a, a, a guy in the portal with four years of eligibility, who's just as you know, what I mean, he, he's got just as much time. So it's not like you're going to get a JUCO guy with two years left. You're going to get a guy who's played 
uh, a season in the SEC, possibly, coming in, and he is a true freshman all over again. So, uh, yeah, I, that's what I've seen Auburn do in the transfer portal uh, and, and, and use their relationships in, 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 to their benefit. Uh, t- t- talk about Auburn's strategy because it was, it was my understanding that you had maybe like X amount of spots left, but apparently they're getting kids that can count towards the 2022 class, right. uh, which is why you're seeing an uptick in potential prospects. So does that kind of deal with what you're talking about, like mm-hmm. kind of felt struggling to get or re- make ground with these kids in the Southeast. And so we're going to just count those towards the 2022 class like we would if we were getting kids out of high school. Absolutely. They've got three spots left over from the 2021 class. And then everybody after that is standing 2022 class. And I don't know if Laurent talked about this on your show, but uh, he would probably know more than me, but you can get these kids on campus in June, July. They, they can go through workouts, practice, but they don't officially sign until August the 1st, therefore making them eligible to be a quote-unquote blue shirt. Mm. And Auburn is using this to their advantage, like I said. So you're looking at seven guys, uh, seven spots for the 2022 class that they're filling with these 21 transfers, these class of 2021 guys coming out in the transfer portal. Uh, so they're – and I love it because – the previous staff, Malzahn, those guys, you know, personally love those guys, and uh, but they, they they weren't forward thinking when it comes to recruiting. They would spin their tires against these five stars from you know an hour down the road from Athens. And if Georgia wanted a five star, if Alabama wanted a five star, Auburn wasn't getting that five star. You know, ninety percent of the time they got Marlon Davidson, they got Derek Brown. It wasn't like they didn't get anybody. Bo Nix, all those guys, um, you know, had had ties to Auburn. Um, but Malzahn, it seemed like they were just spinning. And I, I can't imagine the previous staff doing what this staff is doing by saying, hey, we know we're behind. We know we're not going to land these guys. We're, 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 it's going to be very difficult. So let's go get somebody with as much experience left and more experience coming in than a high school kid that we're just going to be spinning our tires and hoping like heck that he chooses us in the end. Well, along those lines, uh, Jeff, well, we know we're seeing a lot of departures. And if you had told us at the beginning of the spring that we were going to see four or five transferring out, we would have said, okay, fine, we can see that, you know, a lot of position battles are going to get settled. But the degree to which we're seeing them now with Domeo just announcing the day that he was hitting the portal, how much of it, based on your experience and what you've seen, is the new staff letting them know that, hey, you're not our guy, you're not that high on the depth chart. And how much of it is maybe some some underlying stuff that we can't quite see from the outside looking in? I think a lot of it. You know, if this were happening at Alabama or something, people would be calling it, they're getting processed. You know, they're trimming the fat. Um, for some reason at Auburn, it, people look at it and go, oh my gosh, you know, something's got to be wrong. Why are all these guys leaving? Uh, I've talked to two guys um, very high up on, on the staff, and they said when we came here, you know, we had a third of the team crawling past the finish line on Wednesday. You know, we've seen quotes, from, I think it was Carson talking about guys showing up late. I mean, it was just part of the it was, it was status quo for them. And that's not going to be, I'm sure Lorando talked about this, that's not going to be uh, tolerated under this staff. Uh, I, I like what Carson does. I like his attitude. I like, it. He, you know, we, we hear he's an alpha, something Auburn hasn't had in a long time, that coach. He has high expectations for these kids. And if you're not going to live up to them, and I've been told off the record, pieces, man, you know, throw up the deuce. Yeah. <laughs> 
Right. Wow. Um, I have a question about Kaufman. So, you know, if you asked us about if there were any one position on our team that we thought was solid, it, it would be defensive backfield kind of coming into this. Right. So what does it say about what's happening within the program that we're going we now we've got our second high profile, you know, uh, portal guy that's going to be in the defensive backfield? You know, what's what's going on there? Third, actually, you got Drayshawn Miller coming in from West Virginia. You've got. Yeah. Coming in from SEMO. But I think uh, uh, Donovan was almost like, man, this kid is really good and we've got a really good shot. We, you know, we've got to get this kid. You know, it would be, can you imagine Auburn going, we're good, Donovan, you know, and him going to Texas and Florida State. And that was a guy you could get pass up on. And uh, Derek Mason, uh, you know, I really don't know all that, but, but in high school, Derek Mason went above and beyond to, to get a relationship built with this kid, not only him, but with his father. Uh, who, if I'm not mistaken, was was in prison at the time, and Derek Mason went and visited him in prison. He wanted he, his father to know his father's his father's out by now, but but Derek Mason went. That's just kind of if y'all have ever met Derek Mason, um, and I, I haven't just indirectly, but he is a man. He is a wonderful human being. He's the kind of guy you want to be around. He'll he'll make he makes this work better. He is a fantastic guy, and I'm sure going into the living rooms, talking to these parents, uh, you know, they you, you can't feel nothing but. But, but comfortable sending, sending uh, your kid with him. So when you've got a chance to get a kid like Donald McCoffman, you're obviously going to take it. But you, we talked about Drayshawn Miller coming from West Virginia, big cornerback uh, by Darius Knighton, safety, uh, was an All-American as a sophomore. I don't know what publication, but he was at least getting, you know, and he was fantastic. He's a really good DB. And then Coffin, uh, you've got Roger McCreary coming back. Uh, Jalen Simpson coming back, Nehemiah Pritchett coming back, Ladarius Tennyson, Smoke Monday. You know, that's seven or eight guys right there for five to six spots. And they can plug them. They can move these guys around. If you'll remember at the end of spring, Ladarius Tennyson was finished up behind Smoke or beside Smoke Monday at safety. And he's not a natural there. He's a natural at that nickel spot. Donovan Kaufman reminds me a lot. Of, and he's even built like him. Donovan actually told me last night he's 5'8". He's 5'9 with his cleats on. But he, he's 5'8", 200 pounds. So he's built a lot like uh, like LT. I think they're going to be – you're going to see a, a really strong two deep there. I think by Darius Knighton, Smoke Monday, back at the safety spots. And then those fantastic corners, Simpson, McCreary, and Nehemiah Pritchett all uh, manning the outside. I think uh, the defense is going to be good. And we haven't even talked about the D-line with Tony Fair from UAB. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a nut- – what a, a zero tech, you know, plug guy who is a beast. He told me he was six, three, three forty five. He wants to get down to about three thirty. But man, you know, he he he's taking on double teams, allowing Owen Papo, Zacoby uh, McLean to, to uh, free them up. I'm really excited about this. There's really not a weak spot. Derek Hall, Colby Wooden, um, lot of Lee Hunter coming in as a true freshman. I, mm-hmm. I'm excited to see this defense. If they can get together this summer, get gelling, build some chemistry, uh, Derek Mason is going to have a field day with these guys. Mm. Yeah, I think that's the thing I'm looking forward to the most is just kind of seeing the creativity that Derek Mason is going to bring to the defense with all the different tools that are available. Like you said, it's plug and play, right? Like there's a lot of guys who can are interchangeable pieces. And um, I don't know, man, I, just, I I don't even know what, what they're going to line up in, but I feel like it's going to be crazy. And like they're, just, they're not quite finished on defense. Uh Marcus Harris from Kansas, who's originally from Park Crossing High, right up 85 here uh, in Montgomery. He's going to be deciding Friday. Um, he was in, he was 
I think he had seven and a half tackles for loss last year as a registered yeah. freshman at Kansas. I think he would have led the team at Auburn if he had had the same numbers. But he, he will decide Friday. Um, he's got a great relationship with Nick Eason, or they've been building one. Uh, he loves that he's, Nick has played um, in college, loves that he pl- played in the NFL, loves that he's coached in the NFL, loves to be able to get back home. Um, so I think Marcus Harris could be the final piece of this defense as far as bringing guys in. I think from now on out, I think we've got about seven, uh, we haven't marked about seven that Auburn has left over. Uh, to feel, is that right? Yeah, I think so. And then uh, they'll turn to the offense. Another guy to keep an eye on, and I've heard the name brought up, and I've checked into this guy, but Texas A&M has a linebacker transfer. His name's Keyshawn Brown. Uh, he's from Carver High School in Montgomery. Him and Marcus Harris are very good friends. They train together there in Montgomery with Marlon Davison's guy. Um, they're all real close. Uh, I think he ends up at Auburn, too. I don't think there's a high priority for him stamped um, as far as linebacker. But I, I think he's going to end up at Auburn. I just don't know in what capacity. Will they be? Will he be a preferred walk-on? Will he gray shirt? Maybe not start. Not blue shirt, but maybe maybe gray shirt to sit out the fall. But he's he's planning on being at Auburn, and uh, I just don't know. You know the specifics or, or, or the uh, the details on how that's going to happen. But both of them are, are probably going to announce Friday. I would expect uh, Marcus Harris. Come, come to Auburn, finish that defense recruiting for this class out, and then Auburn turn all their focus to the offense and feeling quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and offensive tackle. Those are the four. And then I can see Auburn taking maybe two best available guys. It could be another, it could be a linebacker, it could be a defense, just taking the best two uh, available that they can find. Mm. Appreciate that, Jeffrey. And you you mentioned O-line, and I was going to go there with uh, one of the questions from uh, our listeners on in the comment section, JT Martin was wanting to know what's what's up with the O line. It's been really quiet on that front, and it seems it seems to me that the staff is doing some stuff behind the scenes, but they're keeping it real hush hush because of how highly coveted the offensive tackle position is. Can you kind of speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think you're gonna. It's gonna be uh, as public as some of these other positions have been. Um, they're looking at some guys who haven't been announced as a transfer portal yet because like you said offensive tackles are so few and far between and if one hits the transfer portal you can bet that colleges have already been indirectly recruiting him reaching out to his coach reaching out um, and, and filling him out uh, from the outside which is perfectly legal uh, you just can't contact the kid um, so there's definitely some things going on and I, and I tell you they're going to get a, a preferred walk on uh, later this summer from Ole Miss it's Brady Ward um, is planning on w- walking on at Auburn. Uh, former three-star tackle from St. Paul's down in Mobile. Uh, Auburn looked at him out of high school, um, but he ended up signing with Ole Miss. I think he'll end up at, at Auburn. I don't think it will be on scholarship, but you know, he, Auburn. Auburn needs a guy who can uh, play immediately. I mean, there. Let's be honest here. If Auburn has a, a, a big-time left tackle between now and you know summer uh, practice. That changes the dynamics on this team. Maybe that changes the expectations of this team because the defense looks to be set. The offense, right. I, I, wide receivers, another. So, so as far as offensive tackle, I think they'll add Ward as a, as a walk on. But they're they're really looking at some other big time guys um, to hit the portal. They've got their eyes on some. They've got some, their their feelers out with 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 a few guys. And that same probably with the wide receiver. There's a there, there's a guy they've been keeping an eye on, and. Uh, he hasn't entered the transfer portal yet, but um, could be in the next week. 
and uh, that he's he's certainly uh, he was some certainly be somebody to be excited about. I don't want to disclose his name and put any more. Sure yeah, that, um, yeah. yeah, there's definitely some guys, and Auburn's definitely working behind the scenes uh, with with wide receiver, with offensive tackle, uh, with quarterback. We know T.J. Finley is top dog. I mean, the, the kid from um, from uh, LSU played as a freshman last year was decent, but you could see the the potential in him. I mean, he's six foot six. He would be a guy that could come in and actually compete with Bo Nix. I mean, they're not recruiting him to play backup. I mean, they, they want him to come in and, and compete. And this kid, he, he, he can sling it, man. He's uh, he, he's good. He could put some pressure on Bo, and I think that's what Bo, Bo needs. Um, he's the one, you know, we talked about waiting on the SEC to SEC transfer rule. Uh, he's going to announce in June. But Alabama, Georgia, Florida, all these guys are coming after him. Uh, but Harson and Mike Bobo have been, you know, not only communicating with this guy, but they're going ahead. They're not showing him the offense. They're actually teaching him the offense. They want him to come in if he does choose Auburn. They want him to come in already with his nose in the playbook. Uh, hmm, interesting. You know, right now, Auburn's looking at what a true freshman who's never taken a college snap before, probably as the number two. Yeah. Hmm. I hope so. Based on what I saw from, never mind. I don't want to get into it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Listen, we don't like to talk about Grant Law around here, Jeff. Uh, yeah, go ahead, man. We're going to talk about Finley, man. For the sake of the kid, for the sake of the kid, we're going to move on. Uh, TJ <laughs> Finley, uh, you mentioned him. It's interesting because the fan base is kind of split on him. I, I guess the fan base has kind of a sour taste in their mouth from the LSU Auburn game and Jordan Hare where he didn't do well. Uh, and Max Johnson ended up coming in down the stretch and finishing the game. Um, and of course, we know the story that 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 uh, at LSU, Max Johnson ended up becoming the quarterback uh, down the stretch of the season. And of course, Finley is now uh, available. And what does it say that you have schools like Alabama, Florida, You're Ole right. Miss, Penn State, like they don't just go after scrubs, right? So that that tells you something about this kid's upside. Can you kind of speak to? to that and in an effort to kind of reassure Auburn fans what they could potentially be getting in T.J. Finley? One of the best ways to gauge a recruit, in my opinion, I've been doing this since 2004, Cadillac senior year. He was, you know, the mock market. So I've been doing this a long time, and I've learned, forget the stars, man. I want to see who's off with these kids. I want to see who's coming after these kids. I want to see how hard Auburn's going after this kid. Is it just an offer or, offer, or they're throwing their name in the hat just to kind of see what's happening? Uh, but when you look at Alabama and Florida, that's all into I need to see. Alabama and Florida. Dan Mullen wants him. He's Okay. We talked about the LSU game last year where he got replaced. Let's go back when Bo Nix was a true freshman at Florida Mm -hmm. throwing picks. Guess what? Auburn didn't have anybody to replace him with. Or else he may may be an afterthought to this point. Auburn didn't have anybody. Well, now if Bo struggles, then you've got somebody to put in there. Um, I like T.J. Phelan. He's played in the SEC. He was a true freshman. He made mistakes. He made mistakes. Bo... You think Bo didn't make mistakes? My goodness, is a true freshman. There just wasn't anything to replace him with. There wasn't anybody to throw in and finish the game. Uh, LSU, surprisingly, were smart enough to recruit more than one quarterback and had guys to go to, you know? Um, so, I, yeah, I won't look at that. To me, in my opinion, especially when it comes to quarterback, if Dan Mullen wants him, you want him. Mm. Uh, Jeff, talk a little bit about the recruitment of Finley, right? Uh, I mean, listen, he didn't mix words in some of the comments that he had uh, in talking about the possibility of him landing at Auburn. And he's saying, listen, it's not like I'm going there to be a backup. That's right. So, you know, what 
is your feeling about what the coaches are selling to him? Are they really selling to him? And, you know, and I'm jaded, right? I'm jaded as an Auburn fan because I'm, I want to believe they're selling to him. Come here and compete now. Um, is this move all about depth at quarterback, or are they? Do they really see something special in this kid? And they're saying, "Let's go out and get this guy so that we can fill the, the depth need, but also, you know, have a you know have a a, a possible start starting quarterback." I think anybody, I think there were quarterbacks out there that Auburn says, hey, man, you can come in here and, provide, and give us depth. Something happens to Bo, you're going to be ready to step in. T.J. Finley isn't that guy. TJ, they want T.J. Finley. Bo Nix wants T.J. Finley. He wants, he, Bo Nix, believe it or not, man, is, is one of the better team players you'll ever find. He wants Auburn to be great. And he hopes he's part of that. He hopes he's one of the reasons that Auburn is great. But if he's not, uh, you know, he, he really does want to win. He wants T.J. Finley to come in there and make him better. Pushing, you know, competition breeds great success. Mm. And it also breeds depth. So you don't go out and, re- and recruit a guy to be the third string or the second string guy. You go out there to recruit a guy to, to, to compete for number one. And then you, th- then you, your depth comes from that battle. You know, the loser right. goes to number two. D. Davis, where are you? you know, he, he's in there too. Yeah, and that's actually the question that I have. Like, what do you feel like that says to, you know, a Demetrius Davis about his future at Auburn because TJ Finley has so much um, eligibility left right. when he comes in, right? And then you still have a guy who's already committed for next year that's a that's a four-star, right? So what is what is that signal to your four-star recruit quarterback coming in next year and your what uh, Demetrius Davis is a four-star recruit that's here right now um, that's losing eligibility while he's sitting kind of waiting? Like, what is that signal to those guys? It's probably pretty awkward. I mean, I'm putting myself in these shoes, right? You know, right. I, I feel I feel like a number two is a true freshman. They're going out and they're bringing in a, a, a true freshman. Um, but you've got to have three quarterbacks on the roster. And I'm sorry, Grant Lloyd. You know, I love you, big dog. But you, you're not winning any really games. In my opinion. Um, he said it, not us, guys. I, everybody hear that. That was not me. I didn't bring up his name. I didn't say anything about him. It was not me. He said, bring up Grant Lloyd. <laughs> no. Uh, no, and I'm just going off of what I saw in the spring. D, D-, D- Davis is a winner, um, but you got to have three. You really do. And I think going out and securing TJ Finley. And, and then listen, every school, every decent school, every good school, every good program, especially in the SEC, every top program has three quality, quality right. on the roster. That's just how it is, man. That's something Mike talks about all the yeah. time. Like we're the only people who, if your starting quarterback, starting running back goes down, you're dead in the water. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think look at the marquee programs over the last, uh, you know, uh, five years. I mean, uh, Joe Burrow was in there with JT Barrett, and who was the other guy? He was back there. I mean, they had, Cordell. yeah, right. They had they had a lot of quarterbacks in that quarterback room at one point. You know, um, uh, Mac Jones, Tua, Jalen Hurts, all in the same quarterback room at one time. And you know, if I mean, we're you look at look at Florida last year, right? Right. I mean, well, the, or the year before that, right? Like they, you know, uh, Trask was the backup quarterback mm-hmm. two years ago, and then yeah. you got Jones that comes in after he gets hurt, and he's the third string quarterback, and he shreds us a little bit in that game at Florida, right? Like it's just it's it's kind of ridiculous the position that we're in um, with with depth uh, and talent past the first level. Yeah, past the one deep. Yeah, one, one deep is, it can almost compete with anybody, right? Right. Yeah. Number twos and threes, and you're going, my goodness, man, this is a, you know, it's supposed to be an upper echelon SEC team. 
and the recruiting at, at quarterback, running back, offensive line uh, has been atrocious. I mean, let's be honest here. And, and that's what these guys are trying to fill in right now. Uh, I think the quarterback, we, we'll go back to TJ. We all agree that you got to have three. Mm. And, and he's that third. And Auburn is definitely not spending this much time on this kid. They are preaching to him. And, and TJ and I talked some off the record. He did. He went on. He went on the record. I forgot where those quotes were from uh, about Bo, or but mm-hmm. he he truly believes that he can come in and not only compete for the starting job, but he thinks he has a very good shot at winning it. And mm-hmm. I think that would uh, as he should good for everyone. Well, listen, but you know, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna let you go, Mike. I, I I'm just gonna say I like the fact that you indicate the competitive nature of Bo Nix to say, all right, cool, bring it on, right? Like, just as confident as TJ is in like, okay, if you put me in that QB room, I can win the job. Bo is equally as confident to say, sure, bring that kid in. I'm going to beat him. No problem, right? And if I don't beat him, he better not slip because when I get in the game, he's not getting his spot back. Well, that's where I was going, right? (laughs) Okay, so I hear that. I hear all that. (laughs) <laughs> um, but I, I want to go back to how um, how likely is it do you think if he loses the starting job I hear what you're saying about him being competitive right mm-hmm. but if he loses this job in the fall it's not likely but we've seen it before we've seen a quarterback like Chris Todd come in and, and win a job in eight practices um, what is the likelihood that he stays oh yeah, this, I mean, I mean, it would probably be in his best interest now with the portal rules to just finish out the season and then transfer, right? I would think. Um, but, like, you know, you do you honestly think Bo stays on this team if he loses the job, TJ Finley? You know, if, if, if I were saying anybody would say it would be Bo, um, I really do. I, I really believe if anybody would, would say it would be that guy. All right. But... <laughs> This transfer portal sure is enticing, man. That's, that's yeah. all I'm saying. You, you telling me he can't go? I mean, let's, shoot, he could go to Jackson. Say he go to Troy, light it up, uh, you know, and 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 pursue his his dreams of, of next level stuff. It's it's really it's really tough at this point because it's so easy to leave, and, and it should be. I mean, it's easy for these coaches to leave. Let's be honest here. These guys, you know, right, right. But you talked about having that mentality of bring it on. Does D. Davis have that? And if so, then he's not going anywhere. And if he and if any of them don't, do you really want them? Yeah, is that the right? Right. right. I think it's I think it's fair though for somebody to say, you know, if you're bringing in somebody who has the same amount of eligibility I have left to compete for this job, like, am I going to like? All I want to know is, am I going to get a fair shot? Yeah. Like, I don't really care about the competition. Is it fair? Like, have you predetermined where? And I think. You know, I, you know, this is me outside looking in. I don't have any insider knowledge about what the situation was in locker rooms and all this. I don't get the sense from the previous coaching staff that there were a lot of fair shots given to people for opportunities to show what they could do. And so that's why you see the attrition happening with no turnover. Right. The staff wasn't turning over, but the talent was. Right. And so I just feel like right. kids were like, I don't I don't even have a shot to show anything here. Right. Like, why am I staying here? Yeah, I completely agree. I, I really I think that's a huge difference. I think. With the previous staff, TJ Finley is—he's not even sniffing over right now, and and I couldn't blame him because I wouldn't trust Gus and those guys to give him a fair shot. 
Right. Both yeah. start, and he's going to have to mess up badly before anybody else gets a shot. That's just how it was. With, with yeah. yeah, it did feel like Bo would have to throw a shoe at the ref in the right. middle of a play, <laughs> right, to be bent. You know, and so what I'm looking forward to is maybe if this guy comes in and they accept him, you know, regardless of whether he wins the job or not, the staff bringing him in makes me feel better that the way we evaluate talent is going to change and it'll make me feel more confident that the best guy is going to win the job. Absolutely. So if that's Bo, that's Bo, right? Right, that's but right. I'm not convinced, you know, seeing what Malik Willis is doing, that we haven't let go of some of the better guys Absolutely. over the years, right? Because they did not get a fair shot to Ike's point, yeah, uh, to win the job. How fair? How fair shot did Malik get to win the job? So, uh, not necessarily about Malik Willis or that. Just kind of hearkening back to former quarterbacks that transferred from Auburn when we talk about this rule that the SEC is pondering. Like, didn't they shoot themselves in the foot by letting Joey Gatewood play last year with this rule? Like, don't think don't we now have precedent to say SEC to SEC transfers should be able to play that very next year? Because Gatewood got playing time last year. Now, it took a lot of nudging, but it happened. Right. right. So, like, I just don't I don't even understand why we're going through all of this. This, this seems like a, a for show thing where it's like, well, you just did this. I can point to precedent. Like, so if. TJ Finley wants to come to Auburn. He'd be like, well, you just let Gatewood do it last year. How come I can't? And I think as a conference, too, you just don't want to lose talent to other conferences. Because if a kid can't transfer and be eligible, I mean, you're you're basically sink shipping them to another conference. Yeah. Right. Right. So you it, it works against you. So I, I, I will be surprised to your point earlier, Jeffrey, that I, I foresee them allowing these kids to be eligible. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. To, right. to be shipping talent to other conferences over a silly rule. Man. How much talent the SEC has right now? Those guys wanting to leave and the SEC going, well, you can leave, but you, you know, you have to go somewhere else. You can't, you can't stay. I just can't yeah. doing that. Yo, what's up? This your man Ike Jones with the War Report, and you've been listening to the War Report Wednesday Night War Room. If you want to get in on the conversation early, catch us as we broadcast this show live on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central on YouTube. Make sure you check out our other content while you're there. Facts and all, the weekend tailgate, our player interview series, building rapport, going strong. All right, enough of that. Let's get back to the show. Yeah, it's time. It's time for these guys to stop dictating to these young adults what they should be or could be doing with their own careers. I'm right. sick. Of, I'm sick of that. Yeah. Right. Put, right. Some, put the power back in the players' hands because these millionaires who are charged with their development can lie and not hold up their end of the bargain all the time, and then at the end of it, you restrict the kid. That makes no sense. Yeah. Right. right? You know, so if a coach fails to to hold up his end of the bargain and you don't get a fair shot or they just, you know, they tricked you or they just lied and, and told you that you would have a chance and you didn't, you should get one get out of jail free card to say, let me find another situation with, another, with a dude who's not going to lie to me. Right. Right. Or where I'll have a shot. I think that, that I think one transfer is OK. I don't want it to be free agency, but one should be OK. I completely agree. Get, hey, everybody gets one. After that, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, 
I'm now because <laughs> at that point, it, it, then this the, the kid's clearly not making good decisions about yeah. his own career. It's like you right. pick the wrong school the first time, and then you pick the wrong school the second time. All right, you need to sit down somewhere yeah. and learn how to make right. decisions, bro. Right, like, right. right. Uh, I just want to point out we got Devin Aroma should do four more wide receiver here in the comments. Uh, he gave us a lot of hand claps for give kid. I mean, because he didn't have a portal. Right. 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 When Devin played, there was no portal. And, you know, he said, listen, the, the coaches were straight up with him. Like, I mean, they knew all knew what Auburn was. Philip Lolly was the one who got him to Auburn. And we didn't throw the ball a lot. But he, they, we did do enough that a guy like Devin got a chance to get to the league and, you know, was blessed to play nine years. So, you know, we that's that's where I'm at. Like, you know, it's these kids come and, and, and everybody who waxes poetic about, you know, it's a, you know, we're an educational institution first. Okay, yeah, I get that, right? But these kids all have a dream to play at the next level. Yeah. Give them no, a no, shot no, to live no, their dream. The, the vast majority of these kids are not coming to Auburn for the education. Let's be clear. They have been dreaming of being NFL players since they were like 10. And you're going to tell me that now, eight years later, they have the opportunity to come play somewhere and they're going there because that school has microbiology. Sit down somewhere. That's the reproduction. They're, they are not coming because they heard about freaking uh, the exercise training course at your. Uh, no, stop. Right. Imagine right. being Devin with the running back that they had 2003, 2004. The running back. Uh, the back. Right. Yeah. And when Al Moore just fell in place. Devin, man, that was that was a fantastic wide receiving core back then. You had Devin, you had Ben, uh, Courtney Taylor, Mix, Anthony Mix. Anthony yeah. Mix. I mean, those four right there were fantastic, man. And I, I think it only took me about six months to learn how to pronounce Devin's last name. <laughs> another six months for being. <laughs> yeah, pronounce it. It took me six months to figure out how to spell it. Well, I sent him oh his email. <laughs> copy, paste, copy paste. Copy paste. Mm. Well, good, good, good discussion, guys. And we, we want to. I want to transition and, and and acknowledge some of the fan questions. Send us some questions. Listen, we, it's not every day we have a recruiting expert like Jeffrey Lee on, so send us your questions. We'll do our best to try to get to them. want to highlight one, Gregory Lawrence. Aside from the portal hearing, we're possibly passing on 2022 four-star offensive tackle Dane Shore. Um, yeah. And I think that name, I think he, he has expressed interest in wanting to come to Auburn, but for whatever reason, I don't think he's received an offer. Is that correct, Jeffrey? Yeah, I don't think he has a firm offer. No, I, you know, he was, uh, he grew up an Auburn fan and had a lot of Auburn family. Uh, but I think Auburn's being a little bit more selective. I think they want to see him in camp. I think in, they want him to come to camp in June. They want to see him in person. Uh, okay. And until then, they're, they're, they're kind of putting things on hold with him. What like did anybody? What happened with the running back kid from? Was it Tennessee that early on was people were talking about? And like he just kind of disappeared. He went into the Cody Brown, Gray, Cody Brown. No, yeah, I said Gray already committed somewhere. I'm talking. He went to Oklahoma, I think. Yeah, or was it Vandy? I'm sorry, it might have been Vandy. Oh no, you're talking about Keon Henry Brooks. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, the, the, the Vandy running back. Well, who was the first name that I heard out of the portal? It was this kid's coming from Vandy. Uh, you know, Derek Mason was his coach. Derek Mason recruited him. Auburn needs a running back. This kid has SP, right. uh, experience. And I, I never could get anybody to confirm Auburn's interest there. And and then it came out today that, like, Houston, Tulsa, you know, Texas Tech, 
that those are some of the schools he was looking at. I'm glad you brought that up because after talking about all those positions and all these targets that Auburn's still looking at in the portal, I failed to mention running back. And yeah. um, the name that I've heard the most is Jordan Ingram, uh, former, right. former three-star kid from from BC. I mean, I'm sorry, not BC Rain from Central Central St. Paul's, but he, he signed with Central Michigan. He, right, originally from Mobile. Auburn recruited him, and I remember this very well. He was a fantastic high school back. Man, he was like he just lacked a little bit of top end speed, straightaway speed. You watch his video, his high school video. Very impressive kid. He's big, six foot two. 220, um, but he's maybe a four, five, four, six guy. And at the time, Auburn was all about that speed. And, and not saying not, not saying they are now, but he just wasn't quite good enough um, for Gus. And, and 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 ended up and he had offers from SEC schools, and he waited and he waited and he waited. And by the time he got ready to make a decision on signing day, he didn't have a spot. Like two months later, I think it was in April or May, he ended up signing with Central Michigan, went up there and uh, didn't play last year uh, and ended up coming back to Mobile. But uh, Auburn has uh, absolutely shown interest in him. He's in the portal. And uh, I really feel like he's, if I was to say, you know, TJ family quarterback, Jordan Ingram is is definitely the uh, the running back to keep an eye on. Quick, got a question from Todd uh, Jordan. (laughs) What about wide receivers in the portal? The number one name is not in the portal yet. Uh, I, I mentioned this a little bit while ago. Auburn's definitely working behind the scenes with wide receiver and offensive tackle. Um, the wide receiver has not entered the portal, and I promise you he's not from the ACC. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, mean, you mean to tell me Justin Ross mm-hmm. is not like uh, on a plane right now to the uh, to Auburn? You know, that was, that was, that was funny. You know, people kept – they were like, Jeffrey Justin Austin's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, no, that's not 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 at all who I'm talking about. And I had actually texted his high school coach, um, and I was like, man, I, I'm sorry, this is kind of my fault because I said that there's a wide receiver in the portal, and some Kings um, started, you know, they they actually thought it was going to be Justin Ross, and and actually, so the high school coach gets with Justin, and Justin comes on Twitter and was like, hey, slow news day, I, I'm not transferring. Um, so that was partially my fault. So I apologize. <laughs> uh, yeah, this other guy, uh, and again, I don't want to say his name, but as soon as he enters the portal, um, it will, I don't think he's more of a household name right now, but if once you see who it is and you do some research on this kid, you're going to say, okay, uh, All right. now we know. Uh, so yeah. Auburn's got, Auburn's got some irons in the fire. Um, just not ready to come out publicly with this. Cause I mean, the, you don't want rumors getting to this kid and, um, you know, putting him through that. And this, whenever he gets ready to enter the portal, if he does get ready to enter the, enter the portal. But yes, uh, uh, wide receiver, definitely. And there's a guy at the top of the board. Well, hey, listen, Jeff, we'll retweet you as soon as you release the news, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. uh, I have a I have a high respect for the amount of energy you guys put into the decisions that these 18 to 20 year olds are making uh, it's because it's it's tough, right, with all the things that they're trying to juggle to make a oh, good yeah. decision. Yeah, we just want to talk about it after they've made the decision. So uh, definitely come back and talk about that one. Absolutely. Well, let's transition on, man. We still got a few few people to discuss. You already mentioned this guy early on in the show, but we had a particular section and we want to discuss him just individually. And that's, uh, the former Kansas Jayhawk defensive end Marcus Harris. Uh, 
Six foot three, approximately 260 pounds. He played strong defensive end from Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, he finished the 2020 season with 20 seconds, 27 tackles, seven and a half for a loss, one fumble recovery, one forced fumble. Um, and the interesting about interesting thing about this guy is that he can play on the edge as well as in the interior. That was something that uh, I believe you noted in the article. He also holds another offer from Tennessee and would also have four years of eligibility remaining as well. Um I'm assuming that this is pretty much going to address whatever losses we had in the interior, either through injury or through guys entering the portal. Uh, should Harris commit to Auburn this week, this I believe it's Friday, you said? Yeah, Friday. Not, I don't know that there's a time yet. I'll check with him tomorrow, but sometime Friday. So, yeah, what are your thoughts on this guy? Tell, tell us, tell us. Uh, he wasn't highly, re- didn't appear to be a highly recruited kid, but he showed out. Uh, in the Big 12. So so what would Auburn be potentially getting in this guy? Wes Miles came down to Montgomery and got this kid uh, when nobody else really wanted him. I love Marcus Harris, and you mentioned it, the versatility. He can play the three, four-eyed, five. He can play all three of those positions. I think, you know, what would you say, 265? 260, 265, yeah. somewhere in there. And, and he, he has such a high ceiling. His floor might have been lower. Uh, you know, when he was being recruited, a lot of people didn't see that ceiling he has, man, it didn't take him long. I think he was a redshirt freshman last year. Dude had a redshirt. Is that right, Caesar? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got all these guys in my mind I'm trying to keep them together. He had a redshirt year, and then he had the redshirt freshman year where he went off seven right. tackles for right. long. Uh, but for a guy that can play any of the three, and with 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 Colby, with Derek uh, Hall, with Colby Wooden, uh, you know, this guy could be the three technique, the the four eye. And I, I'm I'm curious to see how Derek. Uh, Mason's defense. How he's gonna how he's gonna play this defensive line? What his rotation is gonna be? We know Tony Fair. We know Tyrone Truesdale is gonna be that that zero tech, that zero one um, head up on the ball. Uh, but what he's gonna do with with, with who flanks him? Uh, but this is certainly a guy who Auburn would I would think would be immediately in, in the two deep. I love his versatility. Love his size. And uh, from talking to him a couple of times, I love the kid. He's got a high character guy. And um, really like him. It's easy to be a fan of guys who are very respectful and uh, very, very polite, well-mannered kids. Man, I, I really, really like Marcus. He is a quality, quality young fellow. What What does it say to how well uh, Nick Easton is just targeting different kids of a certain skill set? I mean, he's where these kids want to be. So I, talk about how he's been evaluating talent along that line, finding guys like Fair and now this kid, like what, what would you say about the job he's done since being on the planes? Fantastic. And I'll tell you why they, I thought Kevin Steele did a great job of this and, and Kevin would take the time and he would explain this to me. Like it was the difference between him and Gus Malzahn. It was the difference between offense and defenses. It was why Auburn had such depth on the defense and, and lack thereof on offense. Kevin every year was plugging at least every, one person at every position. So there would never be that lull. Um, and, and, and Gus wasn't, he was just kind of getting the best guys that he could and, and kind of sorting them out and, oh, well, we need a left tackle. Let's go, you know, throw an offer to this kid and we'll bring him in and coach him up. Uh, and I feel like that's what Derek's doing on, on, on defense and, and Nick's following suit on that defensive line with, with Tony fair, uh, with Andrew Leota. Let's don't forget about him. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. So you've got, you've got three transfer guys coming in to run this three, four, uh, you've got 
defensive backs coming in. Uh, really not need of a linebacker, but maybe Keyshawn Brown adds some depth there with with, with, a, with a gray shirt or something. But love how Nick Eason, and, and I'm guessing that's coming from 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 Derek, from Derek Mason, um, how he's – we need this guy. And, and getting the best guy available at that position, Tony Fair, Leandro Leota. Let's don't forget about Dylan Brooks. Right. Uh, and these, yeah. I think I think – Leota, I think Dylan Brooks, I think uh, Dreshawn Miller, uh, Darius Knighton, I think all of these guys are, are are day one too deep at the least. Mm-hmm. I, the defense is looking like you said it earlier. That defense is looking really scary, um, man. That the our opponents this year are in for a lot of bad days if they can get that gelling together in these next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think if guys know their assignments. Right. Defensively, because changing defensive schemes is not like changing offensive schemes. Um, And I think that you can get these guys in uh, from other programs and they can come in and hit the ground running and play fast. Then if they can play fast, I called it, Jeffrey, uh, you may not have seen this, but I've been saying it for a few of our facts and all segments on Friday that I think Auburn leads the league in sacks in 2021. Oh, Mm-hmm. And I think that locking with lockdown corners on the outside and, you know, a good defensive scheme, getting pressure on the quarterback is going to become a thing again. Uh, which means that these DBs are going to have a chance to eat. Right. And you're not going to be able to be one dimensional against us defensively anymore and get away with it. Oh, yeah. Right. So I'm excited. Same here. Same here. Mm-hmm. Sure. Listen, if you guys don't have anything, I want to tackle some some fan questions. How are we doing on time, Jeffrey? We got a few more minutes with you? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I uh, want to tackle some some fan questions and uh, just get their thoughts, uh, your thoughts on some of the things they're asking you. Shout out to Anthony Grant. He's asking, how confident do you feel about Story committing to Auburn? He has a brother, correct me if I'm wrong, already at Alabama. Christian. Right? Mm-hmm. So what? How how confident do you feel about about story. Very confident. And I think his kids, uh, he's not a, I want to follow my brother type of kid. He wants to do his own thing. These, these brothers kind of grew up kind of like me and my brother. We were fighting, you know, you know, like, you know, we wanted to follow each other. He wanted to be my shadow or anything like that. And I, I kind of get the same vibe from, from Christian and Caden. Uh, I think Caden is, uh, I think Christian wanted to go off and do his, you know, the big Alabama thing. I think Caden is more of a, uh, on a homebody, but, uh, yeah, he, he's not that. He, he's not ready to, to bowl. Uh, he's from down the road in Lynette. It's about 25, 30 minutes from Auburn. Uh, but but you know, Nick East is pushing hard for him. And I, I would say right now, you know, signing day were tomorrow. I think I think story would sign with Auburn. Of course, it's not. But I, I think if, if Auburn's got a lead for a kid right now, it's only going to grow. I, I don't think I, I don't because I feel like the season's going to go well. I feel like the relationships are going to get stronger. Uh, I, f- I feel like Auburn's going to surprise some guys, uh, surprise some people with the season they're having. I'm, you know, I, I still think eight wins is the ceiling. Um, Facts. Uh, All right, you gonna be, you gonna Brian? I hear y'all. If Auburn leads for anybody right now, which they do, Emory Floyd. Um, I was going to say Caden, but he hasn't publicly said that. But I feel like the lead is only going to go go up. Uh, uh, the JUCO wide receiver Latrell Jones is another kid. Um, so there's some guys that Auburn has, and June is going to be huge. The month of June is going to be huge for Auburn, uh, for guys like uh, Caden Story. Getting those guys on campus, saying hello, shaking their hands, 
Right. Right. Come, let me show you our new facilities that's just started today. I mean, they're clearing, they're, they're moving dirt over here today. Uh, I think it's going to be huge for Auburn. Those relationships, getting kids on campus, Auburn sells itself. And uh, without that, you know, it's, it's a tough pull, especially with guys, with coaches that these kids don't know. They don't know about these half of the staff. So it's very, right. been very difficult for these guys to, uh, to get in with these, uh, these big time recruits, get them on camp. And they've got some big dogs coming in June for visits. It is going to be 2023 guys too. Uh, and and that, they're really setting their sights on that 2023 class. Uh, right. Don't judge, don't judge these guys recruiting ability by the 2022 class. Holler back at me in 2023. Yeah. You hear that? You hear that? People don't because you know we've been spoiled by stars. We've been wanting to see four and five stars. We've been spoiled by that. But be patient. Be right. patient. It's it's the talent, not the stars, that's, that you want to focus. I, on. I just think the transfer portal is the great equalizer for yeah. all of this stuff. Yeah, and it's just yeah. you know you can you can miss on a guy out of high school and uh, you get a second chance at him because he sits his freshman year and you know you get to be like, hey, listen, I got a spot for you. Pull up today. Right. And and they'll be there on the planes the next year. So and I'm encouraged by what I'm seeing them do this year in the transfer portal. That lets me know, you know, national signing day or early signing period is not where this staff ends their work on trying to get talent into this uh, program. So what we even saw at the spring game, anything that we saw that we're like, I don't know about that. They've already saw the same things and they're right, saying, yeah. yeah, we've got to solidify some things. And they've made a concerted effort to say, awesome. we know where our weaknesses are. We know who the guys are that are just barely hanging on here, whether it's talent, um, homesick, uh, culture fit, blah, blah, blah. We've got the, the next wave of people that we're going to go out and, and, and address those needs. I was encouraged by the fact that, I, you know, Handy and Hardy gone. They already had defensive line guys lined up. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. right, you know, it, it's it's going to be uh, a key for a lot of fans to understand that we um, record is not going to be the true indicator of the trajectory of this program in year one. So even if I won't overreact uh, to six and six, and I won't, I wouldn't overreact to ten and two. Um, right. You know, uh, 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 Gus messed me up, man. Right. Uh, <laughs> he did. He messed me up. And, you know, I, we have a lot of listeners who have to think we talk about Gus too much, but I, I just don't know who all these people are who get divorced after eight years and are over it eight weeks later. Like, I don't, I, I mean, you know, uh, uh, eight years, I woke up on Saturdays hopeful that it was good. This was going to be the year. Right. And then, you know, we continuously yeah, felt better. SEC shorts uh, video. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, the, the ride that is an Auburn fan. So, you know, uh, again, even if he pulls out a 10 and two this year, you know, without an encore performance in 2022, it doesn't mean much. Yes. Right. I will take slow, steady improvement over a huge pie in year one, only to only fall off that in year two. Right. right. You can go eight and four and show that you're improving and show kids. Uh, we asked Josh Pate, we said, hey, what is the recruiting pitch for Harson? I want to ask you this question. What's the recruiting pitch yeah. for this staff? Right. To kids coming in. If you're watching Auburn football in 2021, because your record may not be great. Um, so what are you selling to kids? You know, uh, 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 Saban is selling job placement in the NFL. What's Harson selling? Well, you know, he was Zooming with me earlier. Uh, 
<laughs> no, he's 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 offering opportunity. He, I mean, it's a clean slate for him. Uh, I've heard it from recruits already. They want to take this get. They want to take this program back to where it needs to be, back to where it should be, back to where Brian Brian Harson, man. You know, he is he is a dog. I mean, he is he is a competitor. He is serious. He's no nonsense. He knows how to handle himself. Do you not watch him and go, man? I believe in that guy. Yeah, right. I, I don't think he's full of. You know, I, you watch Gus and you go, really? I mean, <laughs> and, I, and I like Gus personally, but as a leader, I mean, I didn't have confidence in him. He didn't, mm-hmm. didn't, he didn't, you know, exude confidence. I, Brian Harson, I look at that guy and I go, man, you tell me what to do, and, and I'm going to lose doing it. If we're going to lose, I'm going to, I'm going to lose doing what you're doing. You know. Uh, yeah. And, and I think I think people, uh, especially recruits, are going to get that feel from him getting in person with him. Uh, I think that's that's very powerful. And uh, he want, uh, he's got a vision, and he he wants a certain type of kid. He does, you know. You talk about the guys that you think Auburn should be recruiting, but they're not. There's reasons for that. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't fit his mold. They don't. He, he doesn't want guys that can't make it across the finish line. And running sprint, he doesn't make, want guys showing up late to meetings and stuff. Those guys are going to be gone anyway, so why bring them in? He wants yeah, guys right. that are doing things the right way, that are going to do things the right way, which is his way. When they get there, that's what he wants. That's what he's preaching. And if you ain't about that business, you ain't going to be about him. Mm-hmm. For sure, indeed, indeed. Well, Jeffrey, we thank you, man, for taking time out of your very busy yeah. schedule on a very busy day to sit down and talk to us and talk to people who are watching live with us answering their questions we appreciate what you guys do we get asked questions about recruiting all the time and we don't try to go there because we know that there are people out there who do a much better job than we ever could which is why we have you here so thanks again and tell brian matthews hey uh he needs to come up to the war report and talk to us as well so let him know well hey I love the show, man. I love you guys. I, I, I appreciate you guys having me on. I'll come on anytime you want to, man. Really Thank appreciate you guys. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Thank anytime. you. Anytime. Oh, we will. We'll take you up on that. Don't you don't you worry. <laughs> June. June after those camps. June. Yeah. June. Well, man. And when the uh I'll I'll ho- uh, holler at you when the uh if and when the wide receiver goes into the portal. Oh, yes. Uh, All right. Yeah, we want to go. Yes, we'll definitely do that. Well, War Eagle, thank you so much, Jeffrey Lee, and you have a good evening, sir. Appreciate you guys, man. I really do. All right. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for listening to the War Report Podcast. You can support us by visiting our merchandise store. You can find links to the merchandise store on Facebook and the About section on our YouTube channel. If you would like access to more premium content, visit us on YouTube and click join to become an insider. War Eagle, and now back to more of the show. All right, guys. Is, well, it, is it time, Mike? Oh, man. Listen, uh, can't say enough about Jeffrey Lee. Um, you know, when I reached out to him about coming on the show, I, I, I read a lot of his stuff. Um, and for these guys Indeed. who cover recruiting, um, you know, it's, it's important work. Right. Uh, for for some yeah. fans who are interested in, you know, every recruit that's out there, you know, we deal more with, hey, this guy signed. Now let's talk about him. Um, and so to have somebody who's plugged in, um, I appreciate this candor. And, and you know what I got? I'll, I'll tell you what I appreciate is the respect. For a kid's decision yeah. to go to a school that this man has. 
That can't be yeah. understated, man. The respect yeah. to say, hey, listen, Indeed. I got a scoop on a guy, but I'm going to wait till he announces. Yeah. Right. Uh, before we start talking about it, um, you know, says something to his his character. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to having him back to talk about, you know, whoever this wide receiver is uh, that's yeah. in there, because, you know, I'm very curious now. Yeah. I mean, he piqued my interest and, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and then having him come back and share that with all of us. Right. Um, so that we can get to know. Uh, the staff is taking a really aggressive approach to bringing in. And, and I dare to say that there's a little bit of house cleaning going on here. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Good Because like, listen, I felt like we were good in the defensive backfield and they were just like, you know what? Mm-mm. We're not good enough. Right there. We can we can still upgrade. And they were they're committed to saying good is not excellent. You know, what What is what was the quote that Tim Duncan had at his Hall of Fame speech? Good, better, best work until you're good, you're better, and you're better's your best. Right. Like he said, that's mm. what his mom taught him. Yeah. This staff is just like, listen, we're going to figure out a way to get the best. Yeah, okay, good's cool. We could get better, but we still aren't at best yet, and we're going to figure out how to get there, mm. and we're going to keep just sharpening the, the blade until it's it's the exact place that we needed to be. And I, man, I'm loving that. I, the mentality change. Again, look, I... We can talk whatever we want to about, uh, you know, Gus Malzahn. I want to leave him out of this conversation. And I do want to talk a little bit about what I feel is a significant change in the mentality that this staff is bringing. What we don't know is, will it pay dividends in the long term wins and losses? Sure. What we do know is the competitive nature of this team. I, I don't understand how you can have a coach with that mentality, a staff with that mentality, and you don't see guys competing really hard every Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. If you if you don't accept it in practice, how are you not going to see that on the field, right? Like if you're accepting it in practice, then you kind of get what you get on the field. Like you don't know if that guy's going to step it up to the next level. Right. But if every day in practice, you know, uh, what the, 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 the statement that Jeff made that I think is interesting, he's like, guys weren't running across the line. Man, right? like I'm... Listen, we're running sprints, finish, finish the rep, right? And, and if, if you're not finishing the rep, you can't play football for mm-hmm. me. Like, it's right. that simple. And it's a simple concept, but it's like, finish, man. We're well, listen, look. listen. It's two more steps. Finish. But, but you, you saw the ball game, right? Yox. Yox, Yox said the exact same thing. That's yeah. the mentality Yox said he took. He was like, when he would have the kids come in and he's running sprints, it's like, no, you don't run to the line. You run through it. Right. Yeah. And you're going to sprint. And if you don't, we're going to run it again. Right. But again, you saw that mentality, Ike, in the bowl game. <laughs> yeah. Like, we you, saw that. Ooh. It, it doesn't, sur- that doesn't surprise me when you look at what we were putting on the field against a team who was playing to the whistle, playing for four quarters. Like, we was just there going through the motions. Right. It doesn't yeah. surprise me that that's what Harson is seeing in practice because we saw it on the field. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and more than that, I think, again, you said, like, I, I don't want to beat up on Gus. He's gone and, and and we can see the change in culture. But what sticks out to me, and, and this is something that we've watched the program change. Like we had those highs. And like Mike, like you were alluding to earlier, it's like you woke up like, oh, this might be the day, the year. This is something magical will happen. Like, I don't see on paper we should lose this game by 16 points. But I don't know, man, it's Gus. So we might we might do something like we. We always had this this just kind of inkling of hope that we were going to get some magic because that's what we started his tenure with. And what it lets me know when it, you're hearing from all these uh, the the recruiters and the people who are writing and 
really what we saw and what we thought we saw, which is, I don't know, man. We don't look like we're good enough. I don't know, man. We're not recruiting that well. We're getting stars, but I, I don't know, man. It looked like we kind of gave up after we got behind early. You know what? We were right. We saw what was happening, <laughs> right. and it looked like every time if, if, a, if a game was competitive, then we had a shot, sure. If we were out coached from the outset, we never came back in games. Right. If we if they had our number early first second quarter, there was no adjustment. There was no change. I I thought we were seeing that. But you know everybody's like, "Oh, you don't know. You know it could be this or that." No. I think that's the thing that upsets me. Is everybody's trying to, "Well, you are you in the locker room? Do you right. know?" And I'm like, "I can look. <laughs> Bruh, the product tells me everything." Yes. Yeah. The result right. let me know what we that what we were seeing we were correct. It's like, we don't, I, I don't have to, I did not play football. The disclaimer, everybody should know that. So the competitive nature of team sports, especially football is not something I'm familiar with. I was a baseball kid. Why? Cause it was easy. So, um, <laughs> I, I still though, it's like, you can see these things happening. Like, you know what a competitive team looks like, you know, what a motivated team looks like. And to know now, validates though that that thing that we were seeing with our eyes and people are telling us oh you don't know no we didn't know we we know what not discipline not giving a hundred percent poor preparation now i know what that looks like and i'm not going to doubt that when i see it with my eyes going forward not necessarily with auburn but you know with anybody you you know what dysfunction looks like and Mm -hmm. i'm glad that we we properly identified it and i of this panel i wanted to get rid of gus first thank you very much i would like my flowers you get your flowers, <laughs> B. You get your flowers. Listen, I'm just, I'm just moving forward with Harson. I'm, I'm just happy to see that Auburn has a need, and the coaches are actually going to feel the need. Yes, man. Like people said, we need a receiver. Jeffrey says, "Hey, be on the lookout. They're looking for a receiver. We need an offensive tackle. Be on the lookout. They're working on, they're working on a lineman. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's refreshing to see that we." We'll lose a guy or we have a need and we know that those coaches are going to find someone who has a mentality that aligns with Harson to want to go and play and feel that that need. So to me, that's just comforting, just even in the offseason to know we have a coaching staff that is recruiting based on need and finding guys who wants to prove who want to prove themselves and ball like right. that's just. Yeah. That's just to me, that's just comforting to me and to, and to, to Mike's point. If we got a clean house to get the right guys in, so be it. Auburn will be better in the long run. Yeah. 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 Like, don't don't panic about these transfers and these guys leaving. Um, you know, whenever there's a culture shift, right, there are going to be guys who say, yes, please, sir, may I have some more? And others going to be like, nah, fam, I'm out. Right. right. So the nah, fam, I'm out, guys, we wish you well. Right. Yeah. Like I wish no yeah. ill will. And you there's know. no there's no need to beat up a kid for making that decision. decision. Yeah. But uh, that's I ain't got nothing to do with that. Yeah. Please, please be successful, whatever you decide to do. Yeah, but the coaches who are here, right, um, are building something uh, and they're hopefully building something that we're all going to be proud of and look forward to on Saturdays. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm looking for not um, a lot, a lot less bipolar type, you know, Saturdays, uh, because again, uh, watching Auburn football has been a roller coaster, an emotional roller coaster. And, you know, not knowing what you're going to get from week to week or watching a championship defense just fall by the wayside because we can't even score three touchdowns in a game. 
for sure. It's it's just I'm hoping those days are over, right? So you know, with um, there's a lot of there's a lot of talk about this staff that Harson has you know assembled, and, and with recruiting, if they find their guys, I just hope that they can put it all together um, and just deliver consistency, right? Uh, develop consistently, and you can win consistently. Right. Uh, and I believe that I believe that if you can develop consistently, you can win consistently. And, and what does that mean? It doesn't mean national championship every year, but finishing in the top 10 every year should be a reality. Right. Yeah. Or a staff that should be recruiting top 10 recruiting classes, you know, uh, giving him a pass for this year. I do not expect him to recruit worse than Gus did. Mm-hmm. And, and Gus, you know, like I, said, I mean, listen to this, man. Top nine recruiting classes, but uh, still nothing past the one deep. A lot of times. Whoa. Yeah. Right. Come on, man. Listen to what Jeffrey said. Past the one deep, there wasn't a lot. And those were still top 10 recruiting classes. To me, that's more about development, man. If you can't develop the two through three spots, you know, because you're not going to get a whole roster full of five stars. You know, Alabama gets their fair share of three stars. They all somehow turn into NFL players. Right. right? You know, so it really is about development. And then you fill the talent gap with stars, you know, to help catch you up to the big guys. But um, this is this is just I'm 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 lost, man. Like I I have such I'm such in a, a weird place about this upcoming season. And I have resigned myself to this is just. You know, I'm willing to accept whatever the outcome in terms of record is, as long as they can show me that I can feel good about. I mean, I don't believe in moral victories for the most part, but I still want to feel good about the losses. No, no South Carolina type losses this year. Yeah. Right. Like, let's hang in there with teams who, you know, even if we get beat by 10 points, it, it feels like we were right there ready to break through. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and let's be clear. I'm still going to be fresh. I'm going to come on here post game frustrated that we missed the one or two plays that could have turned that game around. Thanks. Right. I'm, that does not mean I'm go- not going to be here and I'm going to be like, oh, man, we screwed that up. And like, I'm not going to have that frustration as a fan that, man, we could have won that. But in the retrospective at the end of the year, I'm going to feel a lot better about where the program is now. Game to game, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah, we lose. Yeah. But at the end of the season, I'm going to feel a lot better about where the program is. Yeah. And that's going to be a huge difference because I can tell you with 100 percent certainty and you can go check the tape. I did not feel great about where Auburn was as a program at the end of last season. Mm. And this is before Gus got fired. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can check the tape. Check it. Check the tape. 2018. Screaming. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, Brian's saying 2018 is when he was over it. He was yeah. like, look, I was well done. Yeah, yeah. he's been screaming that for a minute. TJ's asked this question a couple of times. I want to sneak this in before we get out of here. Do we feel like we upgraded in the positions that we lost and got in the portal? So what do we feel about like I honestly mm-hmm. feel as if we got I don't know. It's hard to say better to because be I don't know what Handy and Hardy can do. Right. right? Like so yes, yeah, that's kind of hard to answer. If we're talking along the defensive line, I didn't see enough of them to know what they could potentially be. But I do know that Tony Fair has shown me something already. So I am more confident in what his, abil- his abilities are today than I am in their abilities today, right. just based upon what I've seen on the field. Right. Um, right. As far as uh, transfers on the outside, 
I don't think that you can argue that Drashawn Miller and um, Knighton and Kaufman are not upgrades in this in the in the defensive backfield they above are. and already stacked like those guys are going to immediately just based upon what they've done on the field already from a playing and just um just a talent perspective yeah they're upgrades um so i don't think that we lost anyone that we didn't replace with equal to or better talent mm. anywhere right um right which I, is why i'm, I'm impressed yeah I, I i'm not too shaken up about handy and hardy because I feel like if those were the guys that we thought they were by their star rating, they would have gotten on the field more. Like, I don't know if it was behavioral or discipline, but there's a reason why you get a really, really, really good freshman if he is the talent you think he is. He doesn't make the field. Derrick Brown's on the field year one. Carl Lawson was on the field year one. Those were the difference makers. They were heavy-hitting guys, and they lived up to the billing. And if you were going to be that type of talent, you would have gotten on the field. Over true, oh, especially at defensive line. Listen, we were struggling on defensive line. We were getting gashed on defensive line. So if you could have helped us, you would have gotten on the field. Kevin Steele put people in there. He got you reps right. if you were living up to, to what he expected of you. So the fact that we lost them, that didn't, I wasn't too. Yeah, too and, and then you, you got a guy in right who was uh, apparently outshining you and he didn't even play defensive line before last year. Right. right. So it's just like, I don't know how good, you know, like you might have been all right. Right. But a converted uh, offensive lineman is beating you. Yeah, nah. mm, yeah. yeah. No man. So that's yeah. why I'm, I, you know, I'm like you said, go somewhere where you can get some playing time and you can show what you can do if you feel like you got something to prove. Great, but here they're getting guys who they've already we've already seen produce. That's important to me. Right. If you're going to be here year one, you've got somebody number one with the right attitude, and number two, you've already seen their potential flash. Now you just have to mold them a little bit more. That's Facts. perfect. That's Facts. exactly what we need. Shout out to everyone who's been hanging out with us tonight on a hump day. We appreciate you guys. And we want you to do one more thing. Please share this video uh, for this content. People are looking for content about Auburn football as it pertains to the transfer portal. And we think we provided a gem tonight. So let your friends, family, people who are up on Auburn sports, Auburn football, let them know that this video is out here. Please share it. If you're on Twitter, add us at the war report. Hashtag TWR War Room. Hashtag Get Your Weight Up. Please like and subscribe to us on YouTube if you haven't already. If not, what are you doing? Also, hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at The War Report. You can find us at TW Report on TikTok. Signing out, guys. We'll see our subscribers tomorrow as we chop it up with Courtney Taylor. Everyone else, we'll see you on Friday with Facts or Naw and our live show on the weekend. Until then, War Eagle. Or eagle. Or eagle.